Hello and welcome to Stumbling Through Scripture. My name is Archie Catchpole. I'm a Bible nerd living in London and I'm super excited to be sharing this week's episode with you. I hope that you're all doing well. I hope that you're comfortable as you're listening. I hope that you've had a good day so far. And yeah, I hope that you're looking forward to diving into Genesis chapters 1 to 3. It's a slightly special episode of Stumbling Through Scripture this week because usually I kind of try and have this kind of commentational kind of approach with like some Bible commentary and then some devotional content thrown in. And we've been going through Mark chapters 11 to 16. We've just got to the start of Mark chapter 12. However, this week I was preaching at church, Millhill East Church in northwest London. It was the, the second instalment in our new sermon series, Remaking the World, Following God from Here looking at how, as we kind of enter this emerging post-COVID world, how can we do so as Christians? So we're kind of journeying through the Bible, the Old Testament in particular, to just look at examples of people who've had to to remake their world. So we kicked the series off with uh, looking at Daniel, just a bit introductory, and then we're starting at the start in Genesis chapters 1 to 3. So that's what this episode is. I didn't have enough time to do, to prepare that sermon and then to prepare whatever for summary through scripture so i just decided handy kill two birds with one stone although i didn't actually kill any birds and didn't do any stones although there was a dead bird outside our house the other day it was really weird um it was just like it must have hit the wall above our door and it was just lying there dead on the floor it was so strange really i hope it wasn't an angry neighbor we've not done anything to annoy our neighbors anyway back to the point two birds with one stone Please enjoy this recording of the sermon that I did for Milhoe's Church on Genesis 1 to 3. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, God did not use hand sanitizer. God was not wearing a mask when he spoke the earth into existence, and he didn't keep a respectful two-metre social distance either. That's because he didn't have to. What God made was good. And it was good, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good, and it was very good. And on the seventh day, God blessed it and rested. Coverings don't come into use until after the apple has been eaten. And that's to cover things far ruder than just faces. We only started to sanitize once the snake had deceived us. And we never needed to social distance before we rebelled against God and crowned ourselves as kings. All of the mess which we now inhabit, COVID-19 or otherwise, because yeah, there are a few things wrong with the world other than COVID-19, stems from a glitch which we ourselves uploaded onto the world system. It's easy to forget that it was not like this in the beginning. God did not create the cosmos this way. Life was good back then, really good. Fish and other swimmy things slipped throughout the sea. Plants yielded seeds, fruit hung off trees, and herbs made every dinner delightful. Living creatures of every kind lived very kindly off of all that the earth had to offer. Abundance, fruit, harmony. These three words bounce about the whole of Genesis 1-2 to and make it brilliantly clear. The good times were already rolling. Then came the crowning glory, 
humans. Humans made in God's image according to his likeness. We were and still are supposed to be priests of creation, God's gardeners, blessed and directed to look after the world. After making us, God looked upon all that he had made and judged in complete humility that it was very good. The only thing that wasn't so good was that the man that God had made did not have any friends. God probably then remembered that he'd planned to make an English poet called John Donne who would write that no man is an island. So God realised that the man needed a partner. Humans are not supposed to be alone. That's how woman was made, an equal partner for man in the early creation community. We lived an abundant, fruitful, harmonious existence, even as we were naked and unashamed, proving that Eden was probably that section of French beach that so many British tourists accidentally stumble upon. Humans hung out with God and talked Green Party politics with him as we walked in the cool evening breeze. Things were all good in the hood, as the ancient Israelites used to say. And yet here we are, June 2021, in a world more scarred than the world's worst warrior. Eden seems a very long way away. So where do we go from here? Can we change things? Should we change things? How can we remake the world, as our series title goes, and follow God from here? I believe there is a lot of hope for us. We don't trust in God for nothing. Read Revelation to see where this world is headed. Jesus will get us there, and we'll get there eventually in this sermon series. But for now, for the time being, we're stuck in Genesis 1-3. to And it seems that we've got the same job as we've had from the very start. In Genesis 2.15, God puts us in Eden and asks us to till the ground and keep it. In Genesis 3.23, after the fall, God tells us to do exactly the same thing. The only difference now being that this assignment is outside of Eden, in a cursed and broken land, and our work will make us sweat. And it will make us sweat quite a lot if I've learned anything from working with Mark, Josh and Dean. Unsurprisingly, there's a lot that we can learn from Genesis about how to get this work done. I think these lessons can be helpful in general, as well as for our emerging post-Covid world. We'll learn from Adam and Eve first. They provide a near perfect example of what not to do. And after that, we'll look at the maker who makes sure that we'll make it in the end. So this whole fallen creation debacle descends from Adam and Eve listening to a liar, that sneaky, slithering snake. We can sit him on the naughty step for as long as we like, and we should because I think he deserves it. But who was it who listened to him? We did, and we still do. Even in Eden, there were those who twisted God's words and turned everything to their own advantage. How much more is that true now? But here is a revolutionary fact. We don't have to live by lies. 
Con artists, conspiracy theorists, and self-proclaimed Christs are everywhere, fattening us on false truths as they lead us like sheep to the slaughter. These are shepherds who we were never meant to follow. God has told us how the world works. Why listen to these snake shepherds when we can follow Jesus, the good shepherd? Sure, lines like this are cringy, but at least they're true. As we find our feet in this world that we are remaking, we should be careful who we listen to. Liars lie in wait to trick and tempt us away from God. Will we let them deceive us? We listen to lies because they feed our fantasies of self-supremacy. Wouldn't it be nice to be like God, we wonder, as we, like Adam and Eve, feast on the thought of being the centre of creation? I mean, sure, God did make the universe, but what does he know? I know far better than him what's right and what's wrong. And snap. Just like that, we're naked and ashamed and defying the rule of God. This presents us with an awkward dilemma. How do we tell God that we don't want him anymore because we're our own gods now? The answer is, we don't. We hide from God, simultaneously disgusted with him, that he, our creator, should be so pretentious as to expect us, his creatures, to obey everything he says. And disgusted with ourselves, that we should ever have been so pretentious as to disobey God and think ourselves better than him in the first place. But social distancing doesn't work well with deities. God finds us eventually and he asks what's up. Even though he's caught us trying to flee and apples are missing from his tree, we hope that perhaps God won't think that we're the bad ones. So we lie. Well, we don't lie so much as we only tell the truth about the other people who broke the rules. The blame game. It's a classic. Even when we are in the wrong, it's always, always someone else's fault. We're gods, don't you know? How could it ever be our fault? We've just been playing the blame game with Adam and Eve. We found their mistakes, some of them at least, and now we get to gloat over them because we're so good and they are so terribly bad. Or there's another option. We can recognise that the cycle that we see in Genesis 3 of listening to lies, making ourselves gods, disobeying the real God, hiding and blaming, is a cycle that plays on repeat until even today. We fall into the very same traps that led to the OG fall. When we recognise this cycle, we can guard ourselves against it as we try to remake the world and follow God from here. Which lies might we be listening to? Where are we putting ourselves in God's position? Are we rebelling against God at the moment? Have we rebelled from him in the past? What are we hiding from him? And have we blamed others before evaluating our own mistakes first? All of this is important as we think about remaking the world.
but we're missing one final step of the cycle. Grace. Grace. We see God's grace in Genesis 3 as he fashions clothes for Adam and Eve, and he renews his job offer to them to look after creation, even despite their disobedience's difficult consequences. I hope that this isn't underwhelming for you. If I was listening to this message instead of preaching it, I'll be honest, I probably would have sighed inside. Of course it's grace. It's always grace. How many times have we heard people banging on about the grace and goodness of God? Too many times to count, probably. We're dangerously familiar with this step, even though we so desperately need it. The message of grace should be inspiring. It should encourage us. But instead, it can be tiring. We increasingly ignore the miracle of mercy taking place right before our eyes in our very own lives. We become bored, if we're being honest, of the very thing that keeps us going. As we continue our task of caring for creation, we do so amidst sin's incessant cycle and insidious consequences. That is why we need grace. Life without grace is hardly worth living. If we are ever to remake the world and follow God from here, then grace underlies everything. And so what have we seen from Genesis 1 to 3 except that remaking the world means fighting for Eden, clawing our way back to abundance, fruit and harmony. That is what following God from here looks like. And its foundation eternally is grace. So that's the end of this week's episode. A little bit shorter than usual, quite a bit more scripted. And uh, let me know what you think. Seriously, do. I'd love to hear your thoughts on a slightly different format. Um, usually when I do the podcast, it's, it's still a little bit scripted, but not as directly scripted. And I kind of basically just discuss everything that I would, that I've prepared for the blog post, but didn't quite have space to fit into the blog post or feel that I could like expand outside of the blog post. And so originally the podcast was supposed to be an extension of the blog post. But one of the things that I've been thinking about potentially doing is just shifting the format of the podcast up a little bit so that the first part of the podcast would be me reading for about 10 minutes or so the written blog post like I've done this week with the Genesis one and then the remaining five to ten minutes of the podcast would basically be a bit more free-flowing a bit more conversational even though I only converse with myself uh, just discussing some of the things that perhaps I didn't have space for in the original blog post or whatever so yeah let me know what you think let me know if you think that that format would work and that's it for today's show. If you've enjoyed it, if you like what you read, if you read the blog posts, or if you like what you listen to, then please do share it with some of your friends. You can sign up, subscribe on the Stumbling Through Scripture website for email updates of the Stumbling Through Scripture blog. So they rock up straight into your email inbox every week when they're posted on a Friday. I really recommend it because it's just fun bringing email back. Anyway, 
Take care, all of you. Hope that you have a good week. And until next time, stumble with care.